dire che nel... Hey there, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Survivalist Prepper Live. I guess that's what I'll call it. Uh, doing a, I'm going to start doing some live streams over here on the Survivalist Prepper YouTube channel. Uh, and this is a bit of kind of like a high wire act without the safety net. So we'll see how it goes. Not used to doing the solo stuff. Uh, usually over at the Survival Preppers YouTube channel, we do our Wednesday and Sunday live streams, and I've got Brian there to kind of bounce stuff off of, and, you know, that safety net. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but what I wanted to do is we, we were on the Angry Preppers YouTube channel last night. Great dude. Uh, we had a great conversation about the state of the society we live in and, and you know, the direction we're headed. And I titled this um, Signs That Our Society Is Doomed. Uh, and I guess that's, you know, kind of a matter of perspective, depending on who you are. In my perspective, I think we're heading in a direction that uh, just just doesn't look good. And it's it's a matter of how fast we're going in that direction and all that. I enjoy the fact that, you know, I, I got to live in this country when I did. I enjoy the fact of, you know, the, the privileges and the stuff that I've had from being an American. And I see that stuff slowly going away. So I want to talk about that some of the, you know, the loss of family values and also some of this global stuff and some of the, the things that we, we had talked about on Jason's show last night. Uh, again, the Angry Pepper YouTube channel has got a lot of great guests on from time to time. Uh, just a lot of really good content. Level-headed dude, as, as level-headed as any of us preppers can be, right? Uh, so uh, with that, though, I just wanted to uh, kind of talk about that stuff today. Uh, before we get into this, though, I wanted to mention kind of what my tentative plans are for doing these live streams uh, in the future. I'm going to try to do them as, as much as possible uh, in the future. I think we'll, we'll try to have Lisa on, bring back that old school type survivalist prepper stuff uh, where we kind of bounce back and forth on different things that we're doing as far as preparedness is concerned and all that, uh, as well as videos like this where I talk about this, the current state of things basically how things are going uh and and just kind of make it what everybody wants hopefully i can get this to the point not hopefully i will at some point i'll get this get this to where it's a scheduled show on tuesdays or wednesdays or whatever day uh, that works best for everyone whatever day i decide uh, at a certain time that way it's not just a random popping on and talking and all that you can actually kind of if you want to watch the show you can schedule your stuff around it uh Hey, Liberated Lady in the chat. How are you doing today? Uh, but with that, like I said, uh, it's it's tentative at this point, but in the future, I really want to try to do more of this stuff because I do, doing these live streams over on the Survival Preppers YouTube channel, I really kind of like this this live atmosphere, this, you know, people in the chat getting to interact with everyone and kind of being off the cuff. And, you know, like I said, without a safety net, uh, you, you never know where it's, uh, you know, where it's going to go, but it usually, <laughs> usually ends out pretty good, so... Uh, with that today, I've got a few things. I was going to do this as a regular podcast, and I figured I'd do it as a live, pull up some websites, and I've uh, got a video clip and stuff like that, and talk about where we're headed as a society. And like I said, we were on the Angry Preppers YouTube channel last night. We were talking about, you know, is this the stuff that's going on? Is it intentional? Um, is it, you know, how fast are we going to get there? How, you know, how slow is it going to be? Is it intentional? Are we, we do, are things going exactly according to what their plans 
are. Uh, and I think there's a lot of different aspects to this uh, as far as where society's headed. And, you, you know, you start right here at home uh, and then you move out to that that bigger stuff. And I think when you start right here at home, it's it's basically the, the loss of family values and all of that stuff that we've seen um, throughout the years that is just kind of de- just decreasing and decreasing over the years. You've seen, we see people do things these days that they never would have thought of doing 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, and I think that's, you know, we've, we've kind of lost as a society our moral compass. Last night on Jason's show, I was talking about a video I watched, and I didn't get a chance to pull that up, but a video I watched from PragerU. Uh, he was talking to Tim Poole, talking about how the Bible, regardless whether you're religious or not, regardless whether you go to church, I'm not going to get too religious here, uh, but regardless of, of what you think about the Bible and all that stuff, it is kind of embedded in the American mentality. In that video, he was talking about the guilty until proven innocent aspect that that we all just think is normal every day. You know, this is just the right thing. Uh, where there are some countries, you, you take China and Russia and all that, they lock you up and then they ask questions later. You know what? We're, we're locking you up and then we're going to figure out if you're, you're guilty. Um, guilty until proven innocent, basically, is what it is. Uh, and in this country, we're, we're the opposite of that. I think it was, uh, and he said in, the, in that video that it was Benjamin Franklin that said, it's better to have 100 people who are guilty go free than have one innocent person suffer. And I think that's from Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah as well. So regardless of your religious beliefs and, and all of that, I think it, it's embedded because our founding fathers and, and the majority of the population back then were all religious all of that stuff is embedded in the way we think, and it's been passed down from generation to generation. Sorry, to cough there. Uh, but it's been passed down from generation to generation. And by the way, anybody uh, have any comments or anything like that, throw them in the chat, and I'll try to, uh, I'll try to get to those. But it's been embedded in, in generation after generation. So it's stuff that we've learned uh, it's stuff that our grandparents learned and great grandparents learned and have been passed down. And I think all that those types of lessons and that type of thinking is, is kind of lost recently. So the more generations you go without that, you know, those family values and without, you know, thou shalt not kill. That's kind of a big one. Uh, that parents should be teaching their kids and all that. You see these shootings, the the parade shooting and the, and the school sh- Uvalde and all that stuff. That stuff, I think, is is not getting taught. P- kids are getting ignored. People aren't getting taught that stuff. So I think that's a reason, or one of the a part of the whole the whole thing, why we're heading down this path of you know people feeling like they can do whatever they want to do. These social justice warriors, these these people that, that you know, atheists that that have nothing to believe in, so they have to cling on to something to believe in, like climate change or or stuff like that, and they they have this by any means necessary mentality of getting things done, and the only the only person or people that they can depend on to to forward their agenda are politicians. So politicians. Uh, inevitably become their their quote unquote gods, uh, and I see I see that's our society heading that way. Whereas my belief is is the complete opposite of that. I don't want them. Uh, there is a a purpose for government. I'm not saying that, 
But the government is so, so just overreaching and so big and all of that. It doesn't need to be that big. And they are not, they're not capable of solving problems unless they create the problems in the first place. So I think that that belief uh, is, is part of the, the decay of our American society as well. Uh, Jason mentioned on the show last night that these days, and it, and it really is true, these days it seems that right is wrong and wrong is right. Uh, we're living in some kind of upside down alternative reality world that it just a lot of the things that happen just don't make sense uh, anymore. And I completely agree with that. He, we, we ended up talking about the, uh, you know, the, the child molesters and stuff like that and how stuff like that is getting almost normalized these days. Or they've they take one issue that is a good issue and they expand it and they go so far with it, it just never ends. Same thing with the whole common sense gun laws and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it, it never ends. There's one thing that people start to agree with. And then once people agree with, you know, whatever it is, the, you know, so any name your social issue, basically. Once people start to agree with that, they move on to a, a bigger, you know, something that is a little bit more uncomfortable until people are used to that. And it's the same thing with this whole um, adult men or adult people attracted to children. They're trying to normalize stuff like that. Eating the bugs and, and the, the processed or the, uh, the lab-grown meats and stuff like that. They're trying to normalize that. And you, you can't help but ask yourself, why is that? You know, the whole gay rights thing and, you know, that's all fine and good, but they got to take it one step further and put men in women's bathrooms. They got to take it one step further and go after the children and, and do all of those things. And I think, and we talked about that last night as well, about how you go after the children if you want to really make a change, because you're not going to, you're, you're probably not going to change my mind or, or people listening to this show. But if you can get them while they're young, I think that's part of the, the agenda. You get them while they're young, and then you can shape their minds. People, when they're young, don't understand. They look at America differently, I suppose, than I do or than that you do. Uh, we remember what a great country this is. We remember um, what brought – we were taught how this country has grown and all of that. And I don't think – Children necessarily being taught that, uh, you know, in schools, they're being taught about gender identity and pronouns and all that crap and not arithmetic. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of the curriculum as well, but they're not they're not getting taught the same way. They don't have the same. Their America is far different than the America that I know and love. And that's unfortunate. And that's something that I tried to pass on to my kids. Uh, but a lot of people aren't doing that these days. There's a lot of. There's a there's a big sentiment about you know how America isn't the greatest and and almost being ashamed of being an American. There's this sentiment that's kind of going through the country in a lot of places, uh, where that is the almost the new normal and the, and the new thought process and everything. So, I think that that is it plays a factor in where our country is headed as well. And all of this could be by design. I mean, I. I, I I, I personally think it is. I, I don't want to go out and say it is, but I personally think it is because it is something that has been set in place since they took over the schools uh, when Obama got into office. That was a big part of when people started to almost turn on the United States. And I'm talking Americans, not people from the outside. Almost started to turn on the United States and say, hey, maybe we're not the greatest. We've got all our flaws and all this stuff, and you know, we really need to fix that. And that is is kind of the mentality that some of this this younger generation has is is this country is terrible. 
And you know what? If you, if you look at the politicians and you look at the crap that's being done, it is kind of terrible. So uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't blame them too much. But at the same time, I want to teach uh, all my I want to teach my kids uh, that this is and could still be a great country as long as we don't let it go down this path that I'm going to talk about today with the World Economic Forum and, and all of that different stuff. So. Uh, but at any rate, I think it, it all starts right here at home. It all starts with our families. Uh, it's knowing right and wrong, not saying you need to be religious, not saying you need to pull out your Bible every day and think about that stuff and, and read all of that stuff. It wouldn't hurt. Uh, but I think those morals, those family values, that stuff that, that we've been taught uh, really play a role in all of that stuff is, is teaching the kids and paying attention to the kids. And maybe some of this stuff wouldn't happen like it's happening. Maybe these the powers that be wouldn't have the power that they have uh, if there was a little bit more pushback. But these days, everybody's just kind of going with the flow. So um, at any rate, uh, I wanted to talk about some of the things, some of the, the things I, I, I think, you know, on a global kind of scale and here in the United States as well, but on a global kind of scale, some of the things that we're seeing uh, that are kind of adding to this whole process of, you know, turning into sort of a worldwide welfare state. I think there are some things that are inevitable. You've got the automation, you've got, you know, the job losses because they're being taken over um, by you know, robots or whatever it is. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that stuff. And you've got that inevitable, the, the advancements in technology and all that stuff that is inevitable. My, my concern is the people that want to control that, the World Economic Forum, the politicians that seem to be uh, just mainly the Western, westernized worlds, these, those politicians, the democratic politicians uh, that want to take control of all, of all of this stuff. And it's something that we kind of mentioned last night in the show is, is, is it intentional? Do they, do they see the writing on the wall? Do they see where all of this stuff is headed? And they want to kind of capture that or, you know, they talk about sustainability, they talk about equality, all these really good words. Uh, but what they're really talking about when they say sustainability is their sustainability. What they're really talking about with equality is if we go to, and I'm going to mention this later, if we go to some sort of digital currency, uh, you know, universal basic income type thing, how, how is it going to be distributed equally while they still maintain their wealth and they still uh, maintain their role on top? The elites, the Davos elites, the World Economic Forum, these political leaders who are put in there. You know, we think we have this choice, you know, as far as who we vote on and all that stuff. But with these corporations increasingly getting involved in governments uh, and the multi-stakeholder model and all that, uh, we're basically putting in puppets to that that are controlled. I think it was Robin Williams uh, a couple 10 15 20 years ago that had talked about how politicians should wear NASCAR jackets to show who uh, you know who sponsors them. And I think it's that was 20 30 years ago. It's on steroids at this point. Uh, every politician, you've got the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical industrial complex, the military industrial complex, uh, all sorts of different lobbying organizations and all that that basically control these politicians. And the politicians have their little uh, little groups and little committees, and all of this stuff gets decided. Meanwhile, we have this illusion that we really have a choice in all this stuff, uh, but we really well, we really don't. We have a, a really small fractional choice in all this. So at any rate, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about a few of the things that concern me. And the first one 
is ESGs. And I don't know how many people know, uh, it, it's becoming more uh, talked about recently, but ESGs are basically um, environmental, social, and governance. These are scores that corporations uh, lending, you know, how lendable is your business, basically. And I, I think it's kind of interesting and kind of ironic that Elon Musk, you would think Elon Musk would be one of those guys that would be right at the top of the board with ESGs, right? But Elon Musk uh, basically a, a little while ago said that ESGs are just a scam. And I wanted to read just a little part of this right here where he was talking about, uh, first off, before I read this, Elon Musk is not on there. They took him off of their index. The guy that is trying to, you know, he's got his Neuralink thing where he's trying to help out people who are disabled. He's got Starlink, which is is internet service for people in rural areas and poor countries and stuff like that. He is the one, he's not the one that invented the electric car, but he is the one that put, you know, put, that's what everybody thinks of when they think of electric cars, Tesla right now. So, this guy that has done all of that stuff, trying to get off Mars, get off the planet and go to Mars. He's trying to do all this stuff for humanity. But this guy that does all this stuff uh, isn't allowed on their ESG index. So for me, I think just that fact right there, it, it's just a complete scam. And it's a way for companies uh, to increase the way people think about them, I guess, to to make people think, oh, corporations aren't all evil. Look at these people. They're doing great things for the planet and this and that. Uh, at any rate, this, this paragraph in this article, and I link to it in the show notes, uh, says, before it was called ESG, it was known as SRI, Socially Responsible Investing. Is Musk right? Is ESG a scam? Uh, no, it's worse than a scam. ESG is an ide ideological virus infecting toxic politics into every aspect of our financial markets. More government tied with, with corporations. Uh, scams just take your money, uh, but coercive utopian philosophies try to take all of you. Or as C.S. Lewis more artfully said it, all of, of all tyrants, the, ty the tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. Uh, it would be better to live under a robber baron than under omnip omnipotent, <laughs> can't say that word, omnipotent moral busybodies. And that's exactly, I think, what we're seeing right now is these corporations that are increasingly in bed with politicians and and they're it's kind of like their goals have aligned or the or the these corporations understand what they need to say uh to people to um you know to further their agenda uh, i was just reading a, a comment it's kind of hard to talk and read at the same time like i said this is a lot easier when there's two of us on here uh, but uh, Bob said that the inmates are running the asylum. That's it. That's exactly what is going on right now. Um, but with these ESGs, it's uh, and um, I've got a video clip from a Joe Rogan show where it's Adam Curry who does the No Agenda podcast, which is fantastic podcast. If you guys listen to audio podcasts, uh, really good show. Uh, but he talks. He he does a better job of explaining what ESG ESGs are. Than I do, so I'm going to go ahead and play this this clip real quick here, uh, and then I'll, I'll then I'll expand on this stuff. So ESG, and, and this is now something that if you want to invest in a company, they will on their investor relations page they'll show you their ESG score. ESG stands for Environmental Social Corporate Governance, and this is where the woke culture comes from. So they've created this 
kind of phony baloney rating system that says, well, if you, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but if you mentioned that you are, you know, uh, have a green agenda and you, and you believe in carbon credits and you might trade some credits somewhere, then you get a higher score and therefore you're more investable. And it's very interesting to see how big investors like insurance company, institutional investors, they are steering away from anything that does not have the right ESG rating. And so in order to uh, have investors continue to be interested in the stock, which is important for the company, for its perception, certainly for the, uh, the officers of the company and the shareholders, uh, you have to move this, move this along continuously. And so- so uh, that that whole video, I linked to it below, a really good video. He talks about how, you know, why these media companies don't hold pharmaceutical companies accountable. They don't they don't talk crap about them, basically, because they're getting paid. Uh, so, you know, you don't you don't you don't want to upset the apple cart, basically. But um, he was talking about the ESGs and this this video is about a year old, uh, but he was talking about them. Uh, from a year ago and now i think it's even it's even worse because they've they've figured out how to game the system or they're they're better at it maybe they've always known how to game the system but they're better at it you see it in commercials you see all over the place and you see politicians parroting the same type of stuff so you see this uh, stuff all over the place and you've got BlackRock, who I think is uh, part of the, you know, the head of this whole monster. And they are, they're just an evil corporation altogether. They, they are the ones re, or partly responsible in 2008, the housing crisis, uh, for putting a lot of people out of their homes. And they made a whole bunch of money uh, in the process. So, uh, you know, again, I, the ESGs is, is just a joke. It's a scam. It's a way to kind of get people to, you know, think that way. Think these corporations that are going to continually, when you look at the World Economic Forum's agenda, that are con- continually going to have more and more power because this this upward transfer of wealth that has happened uh, here. I mean, it's happened for a long time, but just in the in the past few years, it's been outrageous. All of this stuff happening means these corporations, these elites, these politicians who are basically the corporations and elites puppets are going to have more and more power. So there has to be this mentality that, hey, you know, these corporations aren't all that bad. So that's where I kind of see this stuff heading with the ESGs and all of that. Uh, That brings me to the World Economic Forum, which is a main driver in all of this stuff. And I don't mean to say that, you know, I don't really know. Is it, is it going to be the World Economic Forum running the show in 20, 30 years? Or is it going to be the parts like this slide I have right here of their game plan? And this is, you'll have to go to uh, your browser or something and just type in uh, World Economic Forum chart. And you'll be able to, it's kind of hard to read all of this stuff right here. But there is, this is the stuff, and we mentioned this in the show last night with Jason. This is the stuff that they say out loud. These are the things they want to harness the fourth industrial revolution, which basically means control. Uh, They've got everything that you can think of under the umbrella of things they have to do to maintain their power. And they use these words like sustainability and equality and all these words that, you know, these words that invoke these these great feelings in everybody. But in reality, that that the reality is far different than what they're trying to say. Equality basically means everyone's equally broke. Equality basically means that, you know, you've heard the saying, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the memes and all that, you'll own nothing 
nothing and you'll like it. That's basically what the equality aspect of this means. Uh, it, it's just a way when they talk about, like I said in the beginning, when they talk about sustainability, they're talking about their sustainability. How can we go through this transition that we're bound to go through with the automation, with the quantum computing, with all the stuff that's going to happen, this fourth industrial revolution? How can we go through that and still maintain power coming out on the other side? So that's their plan. It's not about me and you. It's about them. It's about them uh, maintaining that power and and doing. Well, oops, I got the wrong picture up here. There we go. Uh, doing, you know, the things that that where once that transition happens, they're still there to control everything. And we've seen this stuff go on in westernized worlds, in Europe, in the United States, in some of these countries that, that follow the World Economic Forum's little agenda. Uh, and like I said, maybe it's not verbatim, but you've seen Biden with his Build Back Better stuff straight out of the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum has its young global leaders, which, you know, Justin Trudeau, a bunch of people in Canada are World Economic Leaders. So you see this stuff leaking out all, all through politics and all through the way that different countries are governed. So even if it's not the World Economic Forum that is the, you know, the master of of. I guess the master of puppets at the end, uh, the puller of strings, um, they are the ones with the ideas and they're going to have, they are the, the corporations, they are the elites, they are the ones that are, you know, they're figuring out how they're going to control this stuff. So while we vote these politicians in and these politicians will go by what these people say, uh, they are still, it, to one extent or another, going to be involved in this whole machine. Uh, that 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 they're trying to put together. One aspect of this that doesn't get talked about a lot is the multi-stakeholder model. Uh, and that is basically how corporations get tied in with government. I've got a definition right here that I'll explain, uh, that I'll read just to kind of explain it better than I would off the cuff. But the multi-stakeholder model is an organizational framework or structure which adopts the multi-stakeholder process of governance and policymaking, which aims to bring together the primary stakeholders such as businesses, civil society, governments, research institution like the WHO, uh, non-government organizations, so it's nonprofit stuff, to cooperate and participate in the dialogue, decision-making, and implementation of solutions to common, common problems and goals. To me, what this says right here, and the, this multi-stakeholder model, there are some examples of this. The UN is kind of a multi-stakeholder model. Uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, kind of a multi-stakeholder model. There's all sorts of other organizations around the WHO, too, that are the same type of thing, that advise uh, and, and are involved in this decision-making process. So again, who we vote for has even less meaning uh, and is going to continue with this type of, of process, going to continue to have even less meaning because it means that corporations and nonprofits and all these different people are going to get together and make the decisions that we think our elected officials are making. So uh, it's one more one more thing in the direction that we're all going, uh, as far, or at least they're trying. Now, there, there are possibilities, I suppose, where this stuff doesn't come to fruition. Uh, uh, there are a lot of things, <laughs> liberated lady in the chat, Metallica is the true master, puppet master. Uh, there are a lot of things that could happen between uh, now and then. There, there are upri You've seen uprisings around the world, Sri Lanka, Italy, uh, 
Italy, I believe, uh, Panama even uh, uprising. So you've seen all of these little things happening with the little bit that they've been doing now. Uh, and Jason mentioned it in the show last night. It's like they have to have these types of reactions baked into their plans. So with this little chart you see here, uh, they've got everything you know laid out for you. This is what the plan is. But I think behind the scenes, they probably they probably already also have their little chart of what are some of the things we do when these people do uh, revolt, when they do decide that, you know, when they do decide that, hey, we don't like this type of lifestyle. The farmers in um, in Europe revolting because of the way things are changing and all that. So I think that stuff is probably baked into this plan as well. And we're not going to see that stuff until it actually, you know, comes out. Uh, so along with the, the World Economic Forum, I've got the multi-stakeholder model. I've got right here at home, we've just got, you know, our society, our morals, our, our family values and all that stuff are declining. Uh, you've got the ESGs, you've got the World Economic Forum and the multi-stakeholder model. You've also got this, and we've seen this ever since uh, the coronavirus pandemic. The coronavirus pandemic was really where you saw all of this stuff, the, the true colors kind of show with, with governments, what they're willing to do uh, and how, how much, you know, they're willing to, what they're willing to do to us peons down here to maintain their control on everything. And you saw this come out with the coronavirus pandemic right after that, or maybe it was even after Trump, but it was the this battle to control misinformation, which if you know what event one or I think it's 201, event 201, which was an exercise simulating a pandemic, which uh, just a few years later actually came into fruition. But if you look at that and some of the things they did in event 201, you, you'll see that some of the stuff, especially the stuff about battling misinformation, is almost verbatim how they reacted to all of this stuff. Uh, and and you, you're seeing it now. There's certain things that you just can't talk about on social media. There are certain things that really get their, their cockles up and really make them, you know, just hammer down on you. And you've even seen Biden try his his administration anyway. I don't know how much in control he is, but you've seen his administration try to put together their own ministry of truth to control this stuff. And Jason mentioned on the show the other night or last night, he's like, how are, are maybe it was me. I don't know who mentioned it. Somebody mentioned it, though, um, and talked about how. Is that intentional? Is that kind of dangling that carrot out, seeing how people are going to react? And now that I think about it, maybe it's Brian. I don't know. Somebody said it. Uh, but it is, is it dangling that carrot out, seeing how people are going to react to certain things and then, you know, pulling it back in and taking notes saying, OK, we can't we can't quite be that obvious with it. That's not going to fly yet. But we can skirt the, the system. We can use social media companies. We can use big tech. We can use all these people uh, to get this stuff done. And I think that's what we're seeing because of that pesky constitution and all that stuff. I think we're seeing this end around of getting this stuff done. Same thing we see with gun laws and stuff like that. You've got, instead of, you can't ban the whole gun, so maybe you make ammunition real expensive, or maybe you ban different parts and all of that until we get to that point of, uh, you know, being able to 
take the whole pie like they want. Um, I found a couple articles from uh, Zero Hedge where they talked about this, this, this misinformation stuff. And they also talked about the social credit system, which is basically another way of controlling the masses, uh, controlling people and getting them to, you know, think correctly, I suppose. Uh, now, this is what they're talking about in this article and another article is the way China's doing it now. And China is kind of the spearhead of all this stuff. And we think in the United States, oh, we're, we're not China. That we, we, We've got too many laws. And we've got too many things that we could, uh, you know, we're not going to be like that. Now, granted, I suppose that may be a little bit true that the government itself can't do the things that the government is doing out in China. But the government here, especially since, you know, you've got these corporations that are in bed with, with government and stuff these days, more, more so than ever before. You've got big tech that you know uh, is in bed with government because they don't want certain laws passed and they want, you know, they want this, this smooth sailing. So, you, you know, they are. And that's where we see a lot of this stuff, uh, I think, anyway, in the future, you can see a lot of this stuff coming out. This article right here talks about how big tech is able to do this stuff. And if they are in bed with the government, then what's to say that, you know, that this stuff isn't going to happen without, you know, having a law in place or anything like that. Uh, this article is the interesting one. This is where I, I don't know who this dude is, and I'll have to come down here to his video. I want to play this real quick, but he's talking about Alibaba. I, I guess it's the Alibaba's president right here. And Alibaba is in China. They basically run the show. Uh, they are they basically control everything out there as far as social media and all that stuff is concerned. And he's talking, he's talking in here like it is some sort of great thing that we're going to be able to track everybody's move, every every move of every person on the planet because in the name of sustainability, right? Carbon and all that stuff. Let me play this real quick. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. So fantastic, right? We can, <laughs> we have the ability now with our smartphones and all that stuff. You got another video I want to play too. We have the ability to track and, and we can monitor how uh, socially conscious and environmentally conscious we are and all that stuff. But what he doesn't bother mentioning in, mentioning in there is how they are tracking all of that stuff as well. If you don't think that stuff is happening in China, you're not paying attention. Uh, they, they will track everything and anything. And even if it wouldn't surprise me how much they know about people here in the United States too. That TikTok stuff, which is basically uh, Japanese or Japanese Chinese spyware, you know, it wouldn't surprise me that they know a whole lot about our carbon footprint as well and things that we are doing here. Uh, so just it's it's interesting how these people phrase this stuff. Like it's good for you. You're going to be able to do this, and you're going to be able to do that, and you can make better decisions because you're being more environmentally conscious. And meanwhile, we're gathering all your information, and we're going to give you a grade. Uh, we're going to tell you how good of a person you are uh, because of that grade. Um, the next video is is sort of the same type of thing. He's talking about green travel. Basically, they're going to be able to track your carbon put, footprint, where you go, how you know how often you go there, what you buy, all of that stuff. 
we call it green travel. So we have within our business something called AMAP, which is a mapping, so think Google Maps or Waze, um, plus travel destination business. And so what we're going to do is allow people to first calculate the best route, the most efficient route, and also the most efficient form of transportation. And then if they take advantage of those recommendations, we'll give them bonus points that they can redeem elsewhere on our platform. <coughs> wow. So they're incentivized to do the right thing, even if they were provided with the opportunity to decide to do the wrong thing. Now, that's all fantastic at this point. You know, we, we, we get to choose the best route. We get to do all that stuff. And basically, it's them saying, we're going to tell you which route to take. We're going to tell you what to eat. We're going to tell you what to do. And we're going to, you know, incentivize you. We're going we're gonna to put that carrot out and tell you, hey, if you if you do this, if you're this this good person, if you've got a really high credit score, social credit score, then you're going to get bonuses. And right now, there isn't any anything that is you know, like penalizing anybody. But what happens when it gets to the point where this is accepted and it gets to the point where you are penalized? And I, I guarantee you, China's got no problem doing that. Um, you know, so what, what happens when all of this stuff, this data gets collected, they can figure out exactly who you are. They've already got a million data points on us already. Uh, when, when they can track every single move you make, uh, that is... Uh, you know, that to me is a scary situation and, and not any place that I want to see us going. But it sure looks like one way or another, we're headed in that direction. Is it a law that gets passed? No, I don't, I don't think so. But it's a lot of, there are a lot of ways these days to skirt that system and to get that stuff done. Uh, Brandon, Brandon in the chat, what are we ranting about today? What's up, Brandon? How you doing? Um, but at any rate, there's just a lot of things I think we're, we're seeing move in this direction. And I think all of this stuff leads to, uh, and they, they are talking about incorporating that universal basic income, that, that, that digital currency, which is more control over all of this stuff. So it is, you know, like I said in the beginning, I'm going to get out of here real, in a second. But like I said in the beginning, it is you know, stuff that there, there's a lot of this stuff that is inevitable with the, the technology and the advancements we're making in technology, the automation, all of that stuff, all of that stuff is, is inevitable. Some of this stuff is, is going to be necessary change because we're going to have to evolve as, as people, but it's who controls that stuff, who controls the levers. That's what concerns me. You got the world economic forum, you've got the UN, you've got all of these, these politicians and governments that, that understand that to maintain their viability, they have to grab a hold of this. Like the World Economic Forum says, uh, harness the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, make sure that when everything does change, they're the ones that come out on top. These corporations, that these green corporations that uh, you know have our best interests at heart, the World Economic Forum that has our best interests at heart, is basically nothing more than saying, this stuff is going to change, and when it changes, we want to make sure that we've got our stuff in place, and we're going to tell you exactly what you can and can't do, even more than they do now. Uh, we're going to tell you what you can and can't do, uh, and you're going to like it, or you're going to live on the outskirts of society, which I think uh, probably a lot of people that listen to this show or listen to shows like this that, that have this mentality 
are probably going to live outside, you know, like the Hunger Games, outside the capital. And, and, and we're probably going to love it. I, I would. I would not want to be uh, in that, that type of society. I'll be self-sufficient. I'll do what I have to do and, and all that stuff and be outside of your little game. But they will make that as uncomfortable as possible for people. So they have to uh, join in with that hive mind. Uh, at any rate, uh, I'm done ranting here today. I uh, just wanted to say thanks to everyone joining in the chat. I know that uh, this was kind of spur of the moment. Uh, what I do want to do in the future, though, is try to make these, do these live streams more regularly, maybe get them on a specific day so you guys know exactly when it's going to be, a date and time, uh, probably in the evenings. Like I said in the beginning, I'm going to make Lisa come on a few times and we'll kind of re- uh, we'll redo the old school survivalist prepper stuff. Talk about uh, she can talk crap to me, and you know we can talk about things we're doing as far as our preparedness plans and all that stuff. It was always a good time talking with Lisa about stuff. So uh, I don't know that I'll be able to get her on like once a week or something, but I think maybe once a month we can we can figure something out. Uh, she's got a lot going on, so we'll see with that. But. I'll be doing live streams like this. I'll be doing live streams about, you know, some of the basic preparedness stuff, whatever you guys want to listen to. Uh, I just want to, this one, I wanted to kind of get out there, get my feet wet with this because it's really, uh, it's a little bit stressful going it alone on these live streams because there is no, like I said in the beginning, there is no safety net. I don't have Brian to, you know, talk for 45 minutes while I, you know, think of what my, my next sentence is going to be and all that stuff. So, uh, but I uh, appreciate it, all of you joining in today. Uh, and with that, I am going to get out of here. Uh, like I said, I will try to do these more often, and I'll try to do them scheduled so you guys know when those are going to be out. But uh, uh, sorry I didn't get a chance to get to the comments today. It's kind of tough doing this all by myself. Uh, but I will I'll, I'll get better at it. I'll figure this stuff out, and pretty soon this will go real smooth. Uh, but at any rate, everyone, thanks uh, for checking in today, uh, watching the video. And take care and prepare. We'll talk to you all later.